Shantia is a greater deity of agriculture and tended fields. She asks that all her worshippers work hard to fill the tables of everyone with a rich bounty. I am Ben Dignan, and welcome once again to Religion in the Realms. Pronunciation Maybe it is just me, but I always pronounced Shantia Shanti, where in fact the proper pronunciation is Shantia. Don't be surprised if I slip back into my old habit with the old pronunciation, but I'll try to correct myself if I do. Titles Titles that Shantia goes by are the Great Mother, the Grain Goddess, the Golden Goddess, She Who Shapes All, and Shantia has three regional aliases as well. In the Moonshay Isles, she is known as the Earth Mother. The people of the Great Glacier call her Paluruk. Finally, in Rashomon, they call her Bala. Portfolio and Domains Shantia's portfolio includes agriculture, farmers, gardeners, cultivated plants, and summer. Now, I have the personal opinion that fertility should also fall under the purview of Shantia's portfolio, but that may become apparent later on. Shantia's domain for 5th edition is life, but I think it should also include nature as well. Appearance and Manifestations Shantia rarely appears in a bodily form. When she does, she appears as a middle-aged, white-haired, affectionate human woman. She drapes herself in white robes and wears a girdle of woven-together plants. Vines, leaves, and all sorts of greenery entwine themselves in her hair and around her form, to the point that some people may think such plant life grows out from her. Shantia's touch can rid any creature of disease and, re- sorry, and rid any creature of their sterility. Also by her touch, enemies may have to save against being polymorphed into shambling mounds or treants. Shantia's favored weapon is a sturdy shock of grain that functions mechanically like a scythe. She also uses the shock of grain as a walking stick. In 3rd edition, this weapon functions as a plus 5 magic weapon with other listed special abilities. As a greater deity, Shantia is automatically granted the highest result on any attack roll, damage roll, or save. No natural beast will even attempt to attack Shantia. She is immune to the effects of all plants, fungi, poison, forceful polymorphs, earth-based spells, and water-based spells. Shantia can extend her senses out to a distance of 19 miles. She also can perceive anything within 19 miles of her worshippers, holy sites, objects associated with her, or any location where her name or one of her titles was spoken within the last hour. She can also extend her senses out to 20 locations at a time. Anything associated with agriculture can be sensed up to 1910 days, which is equivalent to 190 days before it happens, as it is happening, and sensed 1910 days after it happens. Shantia can create any magic item that summons or controls elementals, beasts, or plants, as well as any magic item that affects the earth. Shantia's avatar often appears in the form of a human woman much like she herself does. 
but she might choose to turn her avatar into a beast or fey creature to allow her avatar to pass without much notice while down on the prime material. These avatars frequently guide followers to fertile land, act out vengeance against those who spoil the land and or produce, or heal tainted and or diseased land. Avatars of Shantia are known to appear most frequently in the Moonshay Isles. One of the more common manifestations of Shantia is a rapidly growing flower either where none should grow at all or where no flower was there to begin with. The appearance of such a flower is thought to be an affirmative response to a question asked in prayer. This flower may also be accompanied with any needed agricultural implements, seeds, and or herbs. Other times, Shantia has messenger spirits to convey her thoughts and wishes on the prime material. Such spirits take the form of larks, robins, red hens, talking trees, or motes of light that hang in the air. Personal History Myth describes that eons ago, during the period of creation of realm space, the deities Shar and Selun were regarded as one entity known as the Two-Faced Goddess due to their cooperation and closeness. This entity created the planets within realm space and gave them life, and through this action, Shantia was created. Shantia would eventually come to serve only Faerun, but during this period of creation, she represented all life throughout realm space. Realm space remained cold without a sun, so Shantia asked the two-faced goddess to bring heat to bear in order to facilitate further creation of life. The two halves of the two-faced goddess disagreed on this matter, argued, and eventually split to be independent forms from one another. Disagreement turned to violence, and this divine battle emitted energies from them both created the creating other deities. Gaining the upper hand in the battle, Selun reached forth into the elemental plane of fire and infused one of the planetary bodies in realm space with a needed heat and flame for his son. Shantia went on to shepherd all life throughout realm space before later settling down on Toril on its own. Another myth tells of how, from the font of the unicorn run found in the high forest, all life poured forth to inhabit the lands of Faerun. And here Shantia birthed all the peoples who would go on to inhabit the continent. From that point on, an unnamed daughter of Shantia ushered in each mortal spirit to the realms, or the demigod Shialia fulfills this role. As one of the oldest deities in the setting, Shantia has had relationships both romantic and otherwise with several deities who have passed on into non-existence. At the same time, Shantia has outlasted or even destroyed former unknown deities who opposed her. In the earliest recorded centuries of history in the realms, Shantia was known as Janath. At first, Shantia presided over wild lands and animals almost in the same capacity as Sylvanus. As the humanoid practices on the surface of Toril changed and agriculture was adopted, Shantia shifted in her portfolio to reflect this development. For a long time, Lathander and Shantia have had a cordial, on-again, off-again romantic relationship with no ill-feeling between either of them. Personality Shantia is a neutral good greater deity. She is not one for spectacle. She is wise, thoughtful, and quiet. She is active, but those actions are made with careful thought. She has a deep love for the people of Toril, and teaches them in her own way the methods of agriculture and gifts that the natural world can provide. 
To an equal degree, Shantia teaches that any damage done to the land through agriculture needs to be fixed and or replaced. Personal Realms In the Great Wheel Cosmological Model, which is the assumed model for 5th edition, Shantia resides on the outer plane of Elysium. Here, her personal realm, the Great Mother's Garden, is found on the layer of Aronia. The plane of Elysium in the layer of Aronia was covered during the Eldath episode, but on the off chance you're new to the podcast, or would like a refresher, I will briefly touch on both again. In general, Elysium is a plane of ease. It is the neutral good plane. The plane is patrolled by powerful neutral good celestials called Gardenals. The layer of Aronia on Elysium is composed primarily of mountainous terrain. Here the weather is far more unpredictable and less pleasant than it is on other layers of Elysium. In Aronia, the plain-spanning river, the Oceanus, is rapid and wild with several waterfalls spilling off from it and down the mountain sides. Down in the vast valley of Aronia is the beautiful and bountiful realm of the Great Mother's Garden. Here, acres of crops and trees are grown and tended to by Shantia's worshippers. Petitioners work in these perfect fields free from any strain other mortals would experience down in the prime material. Several harvest festivals are held, and worshippers come together to share both their take from the land and their agricultural techniques. The food eaten from these fields and plots all grant an individual the benefits of the Goodberry spell. Though if the food leaves the realm, it loses this benefit. The realm is also responsible for feeding much of Sigil and the Outlands. In the Great Mother's Garden, the messenger spirits of Shantia described earlier are more numerous, whereas on the Prime Material, they are a rare sighting. In the Great Tree Cosmological Model used in 3rd edition, Shantia resides on the plane of the House of Nature. The House of Nature is a plane full of wilderness without settlement or fortification. Here animals and humanoids live in peaceful coexistence. As time progresses, the humanoids here take on animalistic features and eventually turn into celestial animals themselves. Much like Elysium, the House of Nature is protected by Gardenals. Shantia's realm here is also called the Great Mother's Garden, but it is not cultivated at all. But plant life grows in abundance, and it is harvested. In the World Axis Cosmological Model used in 4th edition, out in the astral seas are the green fields. Here the realm of the Mother's Garden can be found where Shantia resides. Here plants grow wild and in abundance. The residents here then harvest this food. Allies and Allegiances Shantia's allies include Lathander, Sylvanus, Myliki, Eldath, Shialdia, Selun, and Larue. Despite Shantia representing ordered nature and Sylvanus representing the wilder aspects of nature, the two greater nature deities have a favorable relationship. Though this relationship is not as strong as it once was when Shantia was deeply involved with the wilder side of nature. Enemies Shantia is always at odds with the gods of fury. That would be Oril, Umberly, Malar, and Talos. This is given their conflicts in portfolio. Baal once tried to kill and eradicate the Earth Mother from the Moonshay Isles and appeared before the Time of Troubles. For that reason, 
Ball remains an enemy of Shantia. Talona is Shantia's greatest foe, since Talona brings a lot of pestilence and disease to the peoples and plant life of the realms. Some of the other foes of Shantia are Moander, though they are dead, Bane, and Mercrul. Deity and Avatar Stat Blocks You can find the second edition stat block for Shantia's avatar in the supplement Faiths and Avatars. You can find the third edition stat block for Shantia herself and her avatar in the supplement Faiths and Pantheons. Symbols Shantia has two common symbols attributed to her and her faith. The first is a budding red flower encircled by the sun. The second is a sheaf of gold-colored wheat on a green field. Central Dogma From the Faiths and Pantheon Supplement, quote, Growing and reaping are part of the eternal cycle and the most natural part of life. Destruction for its own sake and leveling without rebuilding are anathema. Let no day pass in which you have not helped a living thing flourish. Nurture, tend, and plant wherever possible. Protect trees and plants, and save their seeds so that what is destroyed can be replaced. See to the fertility of the earth, but let the human womb see to its own. Eschew fire. Plant a seed or a small plant at least once a ten day. End quote. Parables and colloquialisms related to farming and agriculture are common throughout the worship of Shantia. The tenets and values prescribed by Shantia are up for interpretation by each individual priest who then passes their interpretation on to their respective laypeople. Presence of the Faith The faith of Shantia is not often practiced by adventurers. Instead, Shantia is venerated most by farmers, gardeners, many peasants, rural peoples, and a good number of druids. Worshippers of Shantia can be found across all three good alignments and all three neutral alignments. Between bountiful harvests and severe droughts, prayers are made to Shantia for good yields and healthy produce. While Shantia is often associated with rural peoples and the crops they tend to, Shantia is also a deity associated with the home. She receives prayers and offerings during mealtimes, after a child's birth, and while relaxing by the hearth. Worship dedicated to Shantia out in the Moonshade Isles is different from that of the rest of Faerun. Scholars are not sure whether to classify the Earth Mother identity unique to the Moonshade Isles as an aspect of Shantia with her own separate characteristics, or a different identity Shantia uses for herself when interacting with this region. Earth Mother is venerated as a representative of both the wild and order aspects of nature in the Moonshades and takes on a more neutral outlook than good. Here Shantia's priests are typically druids. Whatever entity the Earth Mother is, her influence is confined to the Moonshays, and she resides on the Prime Material Plane. Here the Earth Mother is served by three key agents. Leviathan, the Great Whale, Cameron, the Unicorn, and the Pact, a horde of direwolves. Some of the more firmer-minded druids of Sylvanus See Shantia's switch from a deity of wild nature to controlled nature as an act of betrayal. Such a switch in their minds only allowed civilization to encroach more on the wild spaces of the realms. In the nation of Rashomon, a triumvirate of deities are venerated. 
Bala, who is also known here as the Den Mother, is one of them and is an alias of Shantia. Worship is conducted in temples dedicated to all three deities rather than in separate temples. Hierarchy and Structure of the Clergy The faith of Shantia is divided into two bodies. There are the priests and clerics who look over and teach in civilized areas. They are known as the pastorals. Then there are the druids who live out on the fringes, keeping their eyes on the wildlands. They are known as the true shapers. Some of these druids declare themselves to be the true clerics of Shantia, while some of the pastorals think the druids are unwilling to adapt to the changes that must be made. The relations between the two are polite enough, though they have conflicting agendas at times given Shantia's focus now on civilized lands rather than that of the wilds as it was in the older days. Some druids once devoted to Shantia have now gone have now gone on to shift their devotion to Sylvanus. There's no central authority governing both of these bodies. Instead, they are separate bodies who act independently from one another. The clergy of Shantia have a rank structure. In descending order, these ranks are Close One, Watchful Brother or Sister of the Earth, True Seed, Harvest Master or or Harvest Mistress, High Harvest Master or High Harvest Mistress, and finally, Onum. Shantia's clergy is predominantly female. Responsibilities and Duties of Clergy and Worshippers The clergy of Shantia are to learn about, aid and teach fellow worshippers of Shantia and other lay people how to tend to the fields, grow different types of produce, and protect against disease and crops. Clergy members will assist in agricultural tasks if it is needed. Many of them are gardeners and farmers by trade. In rural areas, clergy conduct marriages and or act as midwives for human and animal births. Priests will weed gardens and fields and replant trees when necessary, as each day is to be spent helping living things to grow and prosper. While clergy are forbidden to make use of magical fire, and a lot of them abhor fire altogether, other clergy know that fire is important to make use of when ridding an area of diseased plants or livestock. Worshippers and clergy alike are taught to share their produce and seeds with those who are less fortunate and or strangers. Each worshipper should plant a seed every 10 day and tend to it appropriately. Any seeds made by the plants should then be given to a Shantian place of worship for later distribution out to the needy. Punishment is to be doled out to those who consciously corrupt, damage, steal, or otherwise from the harvest or other yields. Orders and Priestly Bodies No military or paladin orders have been established within Shantia's faith. Places of worship are still guarded, however just by clergy members. There are paladins of Shantia, though they are rare. Cultivators are specialist clergy who bless crops act as advisors to worshippers, and reflect on the collective stories and parables central to the worship of Shantia. Life wardens are another group of specialist clergy who are devoted healers. They care for the sick, brew potions, and create antidotes. They reside in more populous settlements, like towns and cities. They are unbiased healers bound to help any sick or hurt humanoid despite allegiances or differing moralities. 
When a Life Warden's allies are under attack, the healer's duty is to their allies first and foremost, before attending to any enemy. The Fellowship of the Purple were attempting to establish a theocracy in the wild lands to the north of Termish at last recording in 1372 Dale Reckoning. The Fellowship was formed in 1368 Dale Reckoning by a small group of clerics to Shantia, Helm, and Ceylon. As more like-minded individuals from allied faiths came together, small settlements were built up by 1372 Dale Reckoning. These three settlements were hamlets based around their own respective temple farm. The fellowship believed that they were allowing, sorry, they were following the dictates of their respective deities to establish a holy nation. Often, adventurers are hired by the fellowship to help them deal with any threats from the outside. I was not able to find any evidence of the fellowship's continued existence or destruction up to present-day Faerun. In Rashomon, there are a group known as the Witches of Rashomon. The elite members of the Sisterhood are known as Hathrens, who slot into a similar role as powerful clerics found out in other Faerunian regions. They have authority over the life and death of the Rashimi citizenry, though to misuse this authority is a terrible offense. Hathrens wear masks while traveling Rashomon. Several of their members are sent out to study in other regions and keep watch on activities of important figures. Mechanically, Hathrens are often multi-class clerics and wizards, though they may be other spellcasters as well. They venerate a triumvirate of deities, which include Shantia, Don Rashman, Shantia goes by Bala. Appearance and Dress Much like their patron deity, clergy and druids of Shantia dress modestly. Ceremonial robes are white or sun-colored in hue, trimmed with forest green. They carry staves natural in appearance. Many of the staves are enchanted to purify or promote the growth of plants. While adventuring, clergy will wear simple clothes with earth tones. Druids will wear simple brown robes, though those who are of higher rank in their circle wear belts laced with gold or adorned with some of other with some other decoration. Cultivators adorn their clothing with a green-colored rose that does not wilt for a year. They grow their hair out long, and males grow out their beards and mustaches. They wear leather armor and carry quarterstaffs for defense. Life wardens wear a badge of office that consists of a green sash around their left arm, or a circlet with a small emerald at its center. Higher-ranked life wardens wear this circlet. Rituals Shantia's clerics and druids pray or meditate on their spells at sunset. During green grass, a celebrated holiday by most in Faerun to usher in the first day of spring, the clergy participate in an unnamed fertility festival. During this festival, there is much drinking, dancing, and other festive pursuits. During harvest time, the clergy go out to the fields to conduct prayers. The annual festival of high harvest tide in Faerun is a particularly important day for the veneration of Shantia. There is a common belief in the faith that those couples who pass the first night of marriage out atop a freshly tilled field will be gifted with better fertility. General Locations of Temples and Shrines The majority of the places of worship dedicated to Shantia are modest in size and design, but decorated with greenery. They contain texts and tomes that discuss all sorts of subjects related to farming and agriculture. Much of the worship occurs out in nature as well, typically in caves, 
druid groves, or in fields. Places of worship serve as granaries and storehouses for the seeds of various plants and crops. Gardens are often found outside such places of worship as well. In communities without formal temples, services may be conducted in a clergy member's home, near small local shrines, or even inside barns. Specific Locations of Temples or Shrines Moonwells are sacred to worshippers of the Earth Mother in the Moonshade Isles. These wells are said to be the windows the Earth Mother can look through to to watch over her worshippers. They are found in the groves of high-level druids. The largest isles of, moon, of the Moonshays, Gwyneth, Aleron, Moray, and Norland, each have central moon wells of large importance. The waters from these wells function as a potion of healing for a person once a day. The waters can also recharge magic items carried by druids. The House of Plenty in Shadowdale was founded after the Time of Troubles atop a drained bog. In an amphitheater outside the temple, services are conducted rain or shine. The temple is surrounded by fruit and vegetable gardens, an orchard, and a garden maze. Golden Fields is a town that once was an abbey dedicated to Shantia, northeast of Waterdeep. Here, close to 8,000 worshippers tend to 30 square miles of land and other holdings near the Deserin River. Northern towns are dependent on the yields produced out in Golden Fields. Adventurers are often hired to protect against any enemies who may be trying to infiltrate these lands. Another abbey to Shantia is the Abbey of the Golden Sheaf in Mistledale. The fields here only cover three square miles, but the harvest in these fields are said to be some of the most bountiful in all of Faerun. Harvest House in Central Am is another important center of Shantian worship, where all female sisters of the house tend to ornate gardens. The bounty of the goddess in Arkendale is housed in a barn. Inside is a fountain with a legend attached to it. It is said that if a clergy member of Shantia is killed in Arkendale, the fountain's water turns to blood. This blood then has the capacity to heal wounds, diseases, and lycanthropy. Nearby are the Yurikan Falls, where worshippers of Mailiki and Shantia gather to see if a Pegasus might appear to them. The following are a list of named temples to Shantia. The Last Home in Hillsfar, Bounty of the Goddess in Vunlar, Harvest Home in Elturel, The Golden Bowl of the Hargoddess in Eriabor, and the Harvest House in Daggerford. Unnamed temples to Shantia can be found in Harrowdale, Leeloon, Lintar, Raven's Bluff, and Tazir. Shrines to Shantia can be found in Mistledale, Tasseldale, Kurth, Yarfon, Waterdeep, Mirabar, and Shavayondat. Character Options For 2nd edition, in the Warriors and Priests of the Realm supplement, you can find features for a Crusader devoted to Shantia, and the breakdown of the features for two different clergy of Shantia, the Cultivator and the Life Warden. For 3rd edition, in the Champions of Valor supplement, the regional background of the Holy Realm, where Shantia is one of the favorite deities, can be found. The initiate of the Holy Realm feat, shared between those who worship Shantia, Helm, Lathander, Saloon, or soon can be found. And finally, you can find substitution levels for clerics as purple staff clerics.
In the Forgotten Realms campaign setting book, you can find the Hathorin's Prestige class for Arcane slash Divine Spellcasters from Rashman. For 4th edition, in the Forgotten Realms Player's Guide, you can find the Horn of Life, which is a Chosen of Shantia Epic Destiny Utility Power, and the Heroic Tear Feet, the Channel Divinity Power, Shantia's Blessing. Continuing my trend of building backgrounds, here are my suggested characteristics for a Shantine Worshipper background. For your two skill proficiencies, I would take two of either nature, medicine, or religion. For your two languages or tool proficiencies, I would take herbalism kit alongside one other language. For your equipment, I would take either the acolyte's equipment or the hermit's equipment. Finally, for your background ribbon feature, I would take Discovery from the Hermit or Shelter of the Faithful from the Acolyte, both found in the Player's Handbook. Here is a list of subclasses that I think would be thematically appropriate for an NPC or PC to take if they are a worshipper of Shantia. For the Barbarian, I would take the Totem Barbarian to represent someone from a region like the Moonshade Isles where the older, wilder aspect of Shantia is worshipped still. For the Bard, I would take a look at the College of Lore Bard from the Player's Handbook as someone who collects and performs parables and stories related to Shantia's faith. For the Cleric, Shantia's quoted domain for 5th edition from Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide is only life, but I think it should also include nature, both domains from the Player's Handbook. For the Druid, I would take a look at the Circle of the Land Druid, whose chosen land is Grass and her Forest from the Player's Handbook, as well as the Circle of the Moon Druid from the Player's Handbook as well, and the Circle of the Shepherd from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. For the Paladin, I would either take Oath of the Ancients from the Player's Handbook or Oath of Redemption from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. For the Ranger, I would take a look at the Hunter and the Beast Bastard, both from the Player's Handbook. For the rogue, you have the more nature-based rogue, the scout from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. For the sorcerer, you have the divine soul sorcerer from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. For the warlock, you have the celestial warlock from Xanathar's Guide to Everything, who would have a celestial patron who serves Shantia. Finally, for the wizard, I would take any of the schools outside of necromancy in the player's handbook for those who wish to play a Witch of Rashomon. Dungeon Master Options Starting with monsters, here is a list of monsters from official 5e sources that would fit the Church of Shantia. From the monster manual, there's the sprite, the awakened tree, the dryad, and the treant. From, Mil- from Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, there's the Conclave Dryad and Trostani. Some other non-5e monsters associated with Shantia of note are Brownies and Firestars. Next is a list of NPCs you can make use of from official 5e sources that would be associated with the Church of Shantia. From the Monster Manual, there's the Acolyte, the Druid, and the Priest. From Volo's Guide to Monsters, there's the Archdruid. Finally, from Mordenkind's Tome of Foes, there's the Turtle Druid. Moving on to magic items, the Glorathra is a holy relic that is a is a book in the loosest sense. 
Its form is that of a large bronze flower with eight petals. The head of the flower is two feet across and the stem is three feet in length. Motifs of this flower can be found in the artwork found in Chantin places of worship. Only the eldest members of the clergy now know how to open this book. It needs to be immersed into holy water, then placed in earth surrounded by a ring of seeds. The petals will then open up to reveal inner petals where a list of spells have been given on the hidden inner petals. Touching the etching of a spell name will cause one of the petals to fold over the listed spells and have the spell details now revealed on this other side of the petal. This relic can give off heat that is enough to melt ice or sustain someone in cold climates. Likewise, it can give off a fairy fire-like radiance to allow its holder to read spells in the dark. The intensity of the golden light it emits can be controlled by its holder. It can remove any disease of blight presence in plants by touching it to them. Placing it in water for over a day will purify tampered water. The origins of the Glorathra are forgotten to time due to its age. Long ago, it was carried to new temples to Shantia, and it would be planted at the center of the community for a season. It is thought, though unproven, that by leaving it planted for a season, it would make the land fertile and irrigate efficiently. The last temple to feel this blessing was out in the abbey found in Golden Fields. After that, the bronze flower was lost alongside Patriarch Will London Brer. Brer went missing in 1358 Dale Reckoning, somewhere either in the Fallen Lands or south of Weathercott Woods. Many have tried, but have failed up until this point, to find Brer or the Gloratha. You can find the mechanical breakdown for this holy magic item in the Prayers from the Faithful 2nd Edition Supplement. Finally, to end this podcast, the last section will focus on the most appropriate magic items that could be related to Shantia from official 5th edition sources. From the Dungeon Master's Guide, you have the Decanter of Endless Water, the Elixir of Health, some of the Instruments of the Bards, the Ion Stone of Sustenance, Kyogtum's Ointment, Necklace of Prayer Beads, Periapt of Health, the Periapt of Proof Against Poison, Periapt of Wound Closure, Potion of Animal Friendship, and Variations of Potions of Healing, Potion of Vitality, the Tree Version of Qual's Feather Token, Ring of Animal Influence, Staff of Healing, and Staff of the Woodlands. From Ghosts of Saltmarsh, there is the Charm of Plant Command. From Tales from the Yawning Portal, there is the Robe of Summer, and the Wand of Entangle. Finally, from Xanthar's Guide to Everything, there is the Bead of Nourishment, the Bead of Refreshment, the Staff of Bird Calls, and the Staff of Flowers. Alright. Thank you for listening to Religion in the Realms. If you're interested in keeping up with the release of future episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow the podcast Twitter account at Realms Religion. These episodes are also uploaded to YouTube as well. Podcast YouTube channel can be found under the title of Religion in the Realms. If you wish to get in touch with me, my personal Twitter is at ShivsEmbrace. Or you can send an email to realmsreligion at gmail.com, all in lowercase letters. 
For those interested, I have posted a link in the video description to a Discord server I have set up. For audio listeners, you can find the link to the invite pinned on the podcast Twitter page. Next episode will be on Umberly, chaotic evil deity of the waves and the ocean. Until next time, may Timora look kindly upon your dice rolls, Helm protect you, and Lathander light your path. Music for this episode, Industrious Ferret, by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0.